Welcome to WTIP's Outdoor News Podcast. I'm Joe Fredericks. I'm Callie Hawkins. Good morning, Joe. Callie, how are you? Doing pretty good this morning. Sun's shining. It's been a good week so far. Have you been out fishing, finding, checking your hunting, preparing your rifle or whatever weapon? gun you use <laughs> for hunting. Um, you can I, tell how well versed yeah. I am in uh, <laughs> what hunting. Are you, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Um, not yet, but I have been looking up, let's see, grouse season starts September 17th mm. and archery uh, for deer is coming up soon, shortly too. Bear season just started, bear mm-hmm. baiting at least, and then it will start in September as well. So there's a lot of activity coming up in the next couple of weeks. Right. So I'm ramping up. I'm getting all my trail cameras ready right now and um, kind of just getting ready for grouse season first. I'm That's what I'm most excited about. What about fishing? Fishing, not as much. I'm hopefully headed out this weekend, though, so we shall see. Okay. Don't worry. I've been uh, picking up the slack on that. Have you? Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to hear today about some really interesting initiatives, things that the DNR, Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, has been doing for decades. There's connection locally in Cook County and our listening area at WTIP about women getting involved in hunting and fishing. And I'm very fascinated by this, and I feel uh, completely as though I had the blinders on because I didn't know about this, and it's really interesting. So, Kelly, tell us what's happening. Yeah, so there, there's the percentage of women versus male hunters and anglers in the United States nationally or even Minnesota has always been a little bit unbalanced. And if you weren't raised necessarily with someone that was that can expose you to the outdoors, hunting, fishing, either mountain biking, hiking, whatever outdoor activity it may be, you might not be comfortable to go out in the outdoors and kind of partake in that activity by yourself unless you have some previous experience or someone to show you how to do it. So historically, women maybe didn't get that skill growing up as, as much as maybe the males um, mm-hmm. did. So... This program was started back in the 1990s to get more women outdoors, and then it was adopted by the Minnesota DNR in 1995. So it's becoming an outdoors woman program with the Minnesota DNR, and I talked to the coordinator, the bow coordinator, and then also a local Cook County resident who is leading the workshops, and she does dog sledding workshops here in Cook County in the winter. All right, well, let's jump in and and hear your report. Minnesota has a strong and long history of hunting and fishing traditions. The state ranks 14th in the nation for resident hunters, following states such as Wisconsin, Montana, Wyoming, Tennessee, and many others. While the hunting traditions run strong in the state of Minnesota, the percentage of male versus female hunters has historically been unbalanced. A young professor, Dr. Christine Thomas, recognized this in the early 1990s and she created a program called Becoming an Outdoors Woman to help bridge the gap. I spoke with Linda Bylander, Becoming an Outdoor Woman's Program Coordinator, about the history of the program and the foresight and research conducted by Dr. Christine Thomas that led to the creation of the valuable program, which is still thriving 30 years later. Shortly after its inception in the 1990s, it was adopted by the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. Linda shares more about the history of the program and its ties to Cook County and the Gunflint Trail. So the program started with Dr. Thomas out at UW Stevens Point. She was a professor, young professor, avid hunter and angler, and didn't understand the barrier, like why weren't more women involved. And so she put together a little conference trying to find out like information on barriers to outdoor recreation for women. She found several barriers. Um, clothing, equipment, traditional roles, 
expectations for women and lack of ability to learn in a safe, supportive environment. So she felt like she could address that lack of ability to learn in a safe, supportive environment. She put together a a three-day workshop, and her design was just kind of genius. It was the workshop, the third hunting, third fishing, and third outdoor skills related, which is so important even today. Um, Some women are intimidated to try shooting or try fishing or try different sports. So by having a workshop that focuses on all three, they can come and come for the forest bathing class or the hike or uh, the climbing ropes. But then they're exposed to other women who are doing those shooting classes and fishing classes. So Christine's research, she did quite a bit of research in the early days because of being a professor. She found that even though women who attended didn't take a hunting or fishing class, they were more, they viewed it more favorably than people who did not take the workshop. Um, and then they viewed the agency who was providing the program more favorably as well. So it was kind of a win-win all around. So the program started in Minnesota. The first steering committee came together in, gosh, 94, and our first workshop was 95. And Gunflint, that was before it was a DNR program. So this group of People came together. Dr. Thomas was part of this. this. We call it a steering committee. They helped steer the direction of the program. They came together. Uh, Bruce Kerfoot was part of that. And that's why it was held at Gunflint. That was our very first workshop. And in the past, we've gone back to Gunflint about every three or four years just to kind of identify our history with the program. But then the next year, uh, it, was, it was successful. And then the DNR did take it as under their wing. Most, most bow programs are under the Fish and Wildlife Conservation Department. And we took it over, and uh, the rest is history. Not only is Linda the Becoming an Outdoors Woman, or bow program coordinator, she teaches a handful of hunting and fishing classes for the bow program. She shares what the program means to her and the joy it brings to see other women learning a new outdoor skill. I, I personally love watching all my volunteers who are so passionate to help other women get into the outdoors. So if you ever came to a workshop, you would see such encouraging, passionate leaders. So women come and they might be intimidated by a class or how to hold a bow, but they're so welcoming to these women. And they'll say, oh, come come with me after this weekend and and keep shooting archery or whatever. So to me, it's women just lighting up when they learn new skills and the volunteers who are so supportive and passionate about helping women. So I'll give you an example. I have a a young woman. She actually came to the program as part of our college outreach. She was a student at U of M. She came to our fall workshop one year, and then she got on our steering committee board, and now she's just one of our main instructors for archery. And she was part of the archery series for turkeys, and she'll be part of the archery series for deer as well. And she just it, she just welcomed everyone to come out and shoot with her. So she creates this Facebook group w- with the class and says, okay, I'll post when I'm going to go shoot and come shoot with me. You know, so they're just trying to get more women to do outdoor things together and form this community because, you know, the, the whole deer camp and fishing camp and duck camp, they've always been traditionally men, men's camps. So now we're trying to create that community of women. And that's one of the, the, the other main, you know, developing skills. So they do outdoor skills is one part of our program, but also developing that social connection. So our volunteers have a volunteer Facebook page. 
so women can post on there, oh, I just moved to Alexandria. Anybody deer hunt up here? So they can find other people who are part of bow and, and get together. You know, my hunts are some of my favorite programs because we're taking women who are brand new to archery shooting and then taking them all the way to a mentored turkey hunt. And it's really, really hard to shoot a turkey with a bow and arrow because uh, they're a small target. Turkeys have, like, very strong feathers. Like, it's hard to shoot through. But we, one woman who's been shooting for a while, we find that women who shoot for a while are the most successful. They have the most practice. She got a turkey this year. And you should have seen the other 10 women just come and hug her and look at her turkey and just congratulate her. It's just that community of, they were so excited for her. And I have a picture of of uh, the one of the mentors hugging this woman because she was so happy for her. It's, it's just so heartwarming how excited and how supportive the other women are when someone shoots a turkey. And then also, like, the woman started to cry after she shot the turkey because it is, it's, you're taking a life, but it's it's that reverence for the life that, that she was able to get a good, clean shot, and then all the women who supported her when she came back to the camp. Throughout the 30 years since the bow program was established, it has offered a variety of classes and workshops to women, such as archery deer hunting, archery turkey, pheasant hunting, fly fishing, steelhead fishing, ice fishing, and many others. Linda Bylander shares insights on the successes of the bow program and the recent addition of workshops called Beyond the Bow. A member of our Cook County community, Linda Newman, is an instructor and hosts Beyond the Bow workshops here along the North Shore. The program has grown significantly. It started as uh, just one workshop, then it moved to a, a winter and fall workshop. And now we, in a typical year, because of COVID, things have really ramped down. But before COVID, I had the fall winter workshop plus about 60 what we call Beyond Bow, Beyond Bow workshops. So those are individual classes for women to take. So it could be um, like the archery series where they learn archery. They go through several classes and they end with a mentored archery hunt. I just had that in May. So it was a a seven-part series. Um, I'm, I have my uh, Learn to Deer Hunt coming up this September, and that starts uh, archery deer hunt. And again, that starts with a, a class, a clinic on Learn to you know, Deer Hunting Clinic, and then a shoot at an archery range, then follows by a separate class, another shoot at a 3D range, and then an actual mentored hunt at U of M Cedar Creek. So that's coming up this September. So I used to do about 60 of those classes, but because of COVID, we really cut back. So Linda Newman's classes are part of our Beyond Bow, Beyond the Bow workshop. And she does the mindful paddling and she does the, the uh, dog sledding trips for women. So that, that's how she fits into the program. She used to come to our workshops, but uh, she just doesn't have the staff to be able to come to our workshop. What we love about Linda Newman is she loves and cares for her dogs and for the heritage of the dogs so much more than other dogs' letters that we've had in the past. And the women just love how devoted she is, how she treats her animals, and then how they learn from her. That was one of our most popular classes at Winter Workshop was her her dog sledding class because of her. 
She's yeah. just so unique. And and just her whole living off the grid, that was her dream. And she made her dream come true. And it's a hard life, you know, living up there. And, and she lives off the grid and runs these dogs. And she's just an amazing woman. And that's pretty typical of our volunteers. Bo, I'm a part-time staff person. Um, and I work with a steering committee that we meet once a month to organize our fall and winter workshops. And then they host the workshops. And then we find instructors, volunteer instructors. Everything's volunteer. So the only paid person is me part-time by Fish and Wildlife and by Parks also. And it's just a passionate group of volunteers. So I reached out to Linda Newman to learn more about why she became involved in the bow program in 2005 and why sharing her passion for dog sledding with fellow women brings her so much joy. I've been uh, an instructor since 2005, and I started with sled dogs in about 2000. And I was looking just online for various women's opportunities because I was going to, to try to do some women's adventures um, and share my dogs that way. And I found the DNR's Becoming an Outdoors Woman program, and I was I was just in awe. Um, I thought it was a wonderful thing. And um, starting to participate, I, I realized it was just a just such a valuable opportunity. Uh, well, for women who maybe didn't didn't learn how to do uh, these types of outdoor things when they were growing up, uh, they get an opportunity to to learn it now. And um, if they did learn growing up, uh, it's a, it's an opportunity to continue learning in a women only supportive community. I really appreciate that about it because it's, it's very different. It's, it's, it's supportive, non-competitive, um, and just the, the experiences are so rich. You know, the dogs are my, are my life. Uh, the dogs are my, my passion. And so anytime I can share these dogs with people who are really, really interested and want to learn, I, I, I love doing it. Each winter, Linda Newman hosts a dog sledding workshop based at our house here in Cook County. Newman shares an overview and some highlights from the dog sledding workshop. Well, my, I've got a four-day women's adventure that's in February, and I'm still working on the dates. It's usually the first Thursday through Sunday in February. And um, people arrive Thursday afternoon, and the first thing that people need to become familiar with, in, in my opinion, is that you really have to get to know the dogs first because um, they need to, to get to know you, uh, learn to respect you and trust you, and, and only then will they want to, to work for you. And so they get to know the dogs by just immersing themselves in my lifestyle, help to feed the dogs, helping to care for the dogs. And then the next day, in addition to feeding the dogs in the morning, uh, they come out and helping get the sleds ready and learning all the different components about the sleds. And then um, we leave the dogs out of the um, equation and they learn all the technical aspects of running the sled uh, when I pull them behind the snowmobile. And that's something that people really appreciate because especially women are so concerned, and I appreciate this so much, about uh, hurting the dogs. So to take it step by step, we just eliminate that concern so they're not having to worry about the dogs. They just have to worry about learning the basics. Uh, and then once they have that down, uh, then in the afternoon, we're adding dogs already. And so it's, it's a really fast progression, but it's really in-depth. We're all about safety here, safety for everyone involved, dogs, people, equipment, all of that. Uh, and then so by the, the very next day, they are then doing a six-mile run 
just in general. It's why I really love sharing the dogs and the experiences, and it's it's great to watch watch people come and you know, watch their confidence grow step by step by step all the way until the end. I mean, we we have people coming that you know are in their early twenties all the way to their uh, mid seventies, uh, and and learning to run their own team. Just just watching the watching the confidence build. That's one of the things I enjoy enjoy the most. I've had people come that are that are cat people that <laughs> that have very little exposure to dogs, and it's just really fun watching, especially those people that, that are so you know they're starting they're starting out at the at the basic. Just watching them blossom and and work with the dogs, and and by the end of the the adventure, they're running their own league team. Both Linda Bylander, Bo Coordinator, and Linda Newman expressed the importance of getting more women outdoors. Not only are there immense health benefits to spending more time outdoors, but teaching women outdoor skills and helping to boost their confidence not only benefits the lives of the women, but those around them. Linda Newman has some final thoughts to share. Empowered women empower women. So if we can just, if it can just cascade and we can continue to pass pass this down to the next generation and, and friends share it with friends, uh, women are just going to be more empowered and feel more confident in, in you know, we can do just, just about anything if we set our minds to it and, and if we have a, have a desire to do it. And I think that it's important for, for women to know. Nicely done, Kelly. Great to hear uh, Linda, local Linda, I guess we'll say for uh, just to differentiate between two. two Lindas in this one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but it's it's awesome that there's this local connection happening and, and there's summer and winter aspects to it. And then just a little more about the history of it. And even the history has a connection to the Gunflint Trail. So a very uh, hyper local story, really, with a, a completely statewide appeal. Kelly, I know you are anxious to get out and continue your preparation for, uh, you said you might be doing some fishing as soon as this weekend. I'm hoping so. Fingers crossed. I'll come back with some lake trout maybe for you. We'll lake see. trout. All right. <laughs> we'll uh, see. That makes me think of the big lake. Maybe you're okay. Yeah. Fingers right. crossed. <laughs> if the weather holds. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, very good. And uh, we're rolling now deeper into August. Things are, as you said, changing just that even the feel outside is starting to change. So it's a great time of year and uh, lots more coming on the podcast. <laughs>